Studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to a delayed, another edition of the other kind radio talk radio. Today is April fourth, twenty twenty, and this is episode eighty-two. We haven't even hit one hundred yet. The other kind radio is a weekly podcast, for the most part, in which Todd and Jeff ping pong around all things pop culture and deliver to you, the kind listener. Returning kind listeners, welcome back to the program. We apologize for the delay. Uh, I'm sure with everybody knowing what's going on now, probably know why. So we appreciate your forgiveness. Um, Make sure that you, your family, your loved ones are safe. And you are, in fact, practicing that social distancing. I hear so many news stories out right now where that isn't necessarily happening. So let's make sure we're being safe. First-time listeners are congratulated on finding us among the plethora of podcasts that are out there. Todd and I are glad you're here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We encourage all of our listeners to like, subscribe, The Other Kind Radio. By doing so, you're helping us feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in its gravitational pull. This week on The Other Kind Radio, COVID-19 update. Furloughed. Todd's take on ISO-lounging. Jeff's judgment on Twitch. We're also going to talk about some streaming services that are helping out right now uh, during the uh, social distancing. And on center stage, we're going to talk about uh, a show that I don't know if we didn't have the COVID-19 happening would get as much attention as it is, but it's at the top of every list. It's on Netflix and it's a show uh, called Tiger King. And if you haven't seen it yet, um, I don't know if there's any real spoilers, but we're going to talk about that on center stage. All right, let's go ahead and get things rolling here. Let's bring on my podcast partner. He is a family generator, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man live from his studio somewhere in the great state of Texas and delivering the pop culture significance of 82. I say with a up Tone in, uh, uh, what is that called when you go, when you go, how are you doing? It's called your, uh, I can hear all the kind listeners yelling at me. It's called your in- intonation. No, that's not it. Anyway. <laughs> it's called your high feminine voice. High, high fem- Whoa. Um, let's welcome Todd. Hang on a minute, kids. Uncle Todd's checking out the number 82 since we skipped over it last time, and this time I was not prepared, so now I am. Okay. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Um, let's jump right into uh, to the number 82, because I know in these times, what people need is to know why, where, and how numbers not only have pop culture relevance, but what they mean within the world. So the number 82... Pick a number between about one ten, Jeff. Fifteen. That's about how my life's going right now. I picked the number three. Number three. The model number of Mark eighty two bomb, a non guided general purpose bomb. No idea what that means. <laughs> so already we're into a show where none of us know. I actually here's one I want to know. All right. 
Are you ready? Yeah. The number 82 is considered a happy number. Are you oh. ready? To, let's find out what a happy number is. We need that. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so unhappy about trying to figure out what this means. I sprung number, it on you. It's my fault. A number in theory, a happy number is a natural number in a given number base that eventually reaches one when iterated over the perfect digital er- invariant function for a P equals two. Those numbers that do not end in one and are B minus unhappy numbers or parenthetical B sad numbers. Okay, well, that really didn't pay out very well. So is it like you walk up and, and you say, uh, 82, are you a happy number? And, and, and he's like, yeah, mother I'm the happiest number there is. Which automatically makes you a B minus sad number. So you're <laughs> actually kind of a little bit of an odd parenthetical to your happy number. <laughs> parenthetical. That sounds like. It makes me sound smart, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I think I had that rash one time. <laughs> I think I still had it. Parenthetical rash. All right. Uh, the year 1982, Michael yes. Jackson's Thriller was released. Nice. Were you a fan of that when it came out? Oh, God. It was one of the biggest uh, arguments my dad and I would get into. Oh, that's right. You tell me about yeah, that. He, 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 he of the upper echelon of, uh, I wish I had my fancy music, upper echelon of music. You know, when you listen to Bob Dylan and, and the Rolling Stones and Marshall Crenshaw and all of those cats, there was yeah. no room for Michael Jackson. However, being the age I was when it came out, which would have been 10, mm-hmm. all I knew is every time I heard any of his music, all I wanted to do was dance. And it felt good. And, uh, well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. And then, kind of, sometimes what music is supposed to do is to evoke a feeling that you yeah. need to move. And so it was kind of a, uh, kind of a back and forth because then I found out that later on Quincy Jones produced a lot of his music. So Quincy Jones is pretty well respected in the music industry. And uh, r- yeah. right about, I right about the time I hit that home run, then the stuff with the kids came out and that, uh, Dad, I went. Oh, <laughs> what did he do? What? What? Oh, well, f- for anyone that's ever listening, if you ever want to hear why Quincy Jones is so revered, famous jazz musician that went on to be a producer, listen to some of the. I still to this day cannot stand Thriller from the aspect of what the lyrics are. It just is silly oh, to me. Yeah, yeah. However, you get into the horn parts when they're doing. You're like, oh my lord, those are. Those are jazz flips that don't belong in a pop song. They are, oh. And then you had the great. the great horror. Um, Vincent to, Price. I, mean, I was going to say Vince Gill. Vincent Vince Price. Gil. Uh, yeah, no, Vince Gill did not, <laughs> even though you want to talk about somebody that people look and go, oh, that man is a badass musician. Yeah. Probably. But uh, Vince, Vincent Price, mm-hmm. I mean, his little, his little verbiage in there. When he's talking is is priceless. I agree. Thriller today would probably not have the um, the success, but I remember we were living in high rolls at the time, and under the current portion of the life that didn't have running water or electricity, so we were mm-hmm. without that. So I had to go to my friend's house, Brian, and we waited because MTV was going to premiere the video, and mm-hmm. it was like I don't know, it was the biggest thing in the world. So. There you go. Yeah. I, I would just, I wasn't into it because I was so into, I was never a punker, but I did like pop what, what became pop punk, you know, sure. the clash to me, even though the clash definitely has a 
punk background some of their stuff became so pop punky i loved the police and yeah i heard that kind of stuff and i was like eh. I, I loved the riff and beat it it just never meant anything to me but moving on into 82 let's let's talk about films popular films that came out um i want to finish with one i mean here are some that to me make me groan an officer and a gentleman uh, Porky's yeah. not quite as funny as you think it is. Another no, Rocky, Rocky Three comes not. out. Yeah, Chariots of Fire. Which, if you need to during these hard times, if you need to find a film to fall asleep to, please watch Chariots of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps the biggest pop culture film of the '80s, and I don't know. I'm trying to rack my brain of other films that came out in that era. I don't think anyone beats it. But this little bitty film by this guy named Steven Spielberg. E.T. the Extraterrestrial came out in 1982. Fan? Yeah, I, I dinged it. I'm dinging it. Can, can you not yeah. hear the ding? Is the ding? I, I heard a muted oh, okay. ding, and so I didn't know if that was a half ding. No. <laughs> it was a, ladies and gentlemen, that was a full ding. Um, Yeah, man, E.T., God, I cried like a baby, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, you just, I, I, you know, being kind of a creative kid, you know, mm-hmm. geek, mm-hmm. nerd, whatever you want to uh, define it as. I was just right. praying that a spaceship would land in the backyard and, you know, I'd have my right. own, I'd have my own ET going on. So, um, you know, I, I was 15 when that came out. I cried like a baby, but my, perhaps my favorite ET thing is eventually showing my kid that. And yeah, she acted so disinterested at oh, first, of but, but then as she's watching it and whenever ET gets sick, and then when, you know, hey, spoiler alert, right. um, almost 20 years later, E.T. dies. When that happens. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> when she she looks at me and all, and she, my wife and I, Shelly, Aww. still to this day can look at her and go, oh, my God, the, the most precious thing is you Aww. look at it. Is he really dead? Yeah. And she's just losing her shit before, and sobbing. Before Before we move on. Yeah. The asking of something happening. How do you handle that? Because I'm in a household where we'll be five minutes into Top Gun and they'll be like, so does he die? I mean, we never did that growing up. We just watched the film, right? I don't know. I I remember. I do remember asking my dad things, but, you know, I've said it nauseum how dad raised me go to movies all the time. And I learned pretty quickly because we were in a movie theater once or twice a week. And I learned that decorum. But I have a feeling that for a lot of kids, because. I think that uncertainty that how real a film feels, you know? Yeah. It uh-huh. is, I don't want to invest myself in this. These people are up there and they're bigger than me are than me are the bigger than we are. <laughs> and uh, I like me are too. Could you me call are episode? the world. Yeah. Me call, are call this episode, the me are episode. <laughs> me uh, are. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's, I think that's probably pretty normal and it took a long time to, to get Abby to stop. Yeah. But now, and now she's pretty good. There are times where she's like, okay, what? And I'm like, yeah. a story is going to pose questions yes. and dilemmas that you must watch to see them through. And sometimes they don't answer them. And that is the answer in and of itself. I just wonder what those people do when they watch a movie by themselves. Because there's, no, <laughs> there's nobody to ask. Ah, there's Google. I guess you could jump on your phone and, and find I out. Yes. I don't know. All right. Okay. Finishing out in 1982, we had some some pretty good music. Um well, I say that. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I saw Chicago and I still, you know, Chicago Transit Authority was what they originally called their first album or two were actually freaking fantastic. But the song that came out in 1982 was hard to say I'm sorry. 
Uh, what movie did that go with? Um, every one of them that was a 1980s film about children. I think like Karate Kid or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the one that I'll throw out, and this is a dive bar boombox song we do, is Human Lings, Don't You Want Me? So Don't you. Don't you. Don't you want me. Wait, no. Say, actually, I was singing uh, Don't You Forget About Me. I was doing a bit. What, what's uh, the actual song? Don't. Don't you want me? You know, I can't believe it when you say that you don't need me. You know that one, don't you? Hmm. I'm sure if I heard it. Don't you want me, baby? Oh, that one. Yeah. Don't you want me? Oh. And you guys do like your your blues, a, green grass version? It's We take it um, down to more of a, a very sad song. I should have had my guitar over here and I could have played on this song. on this. Well, you know, the funny thing is when it, every one of those songs in Die Bar, what we try to do is kind of do a different spin. Sure. On. There are one or two we do pretty pretty straight on just with our instruments. But uh, when playing that one, if you ever listen to the lyrics in that, it's it's about a guy that's controlling a woman. And she basically says, you're a piece of. That's where you're supposed to be. Thank you. So it was like one of those. Let's make it into kind of a, a sad love song. And it's, one of you like hold a knife to your throat while you're singing it to make it even more sad or. I always put a knife between my butt cheeks. I, I don't know why, but God. that's just a fetish of my own. We can work blue during COVID, right? Sure, of course. I think there are plenty of kind listeners out there that are a little thirsty for some ridiculousness. Um, I didn't know if you were going to say thirsty for clenching knives in your butt well, cheeks. Well, I was going to say. <laughs> Gross. Well, we got plenty of room for knife between the butt cheeks humor. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which at the same time, I also have the horrible Ryan Reynolds film Green Lantern going while we're talking. That's kind of like a knife between your butt cheeks, isn't it? Yeah. Boy. You know, that's the thing, though. I mean, it's kind of interesting um, to touch on real quickly is the more of the Marvel or DC Universe movies I see, I think Mm -hmm. it's more difficult to produce and put that type of movie together compared to something like uh, a horror film or just a standard movie. Because you either are incredibly successful or it just bombs. Like the Green Lantern is horrible. And I was a huge Green Lantern fan when I was a kid. I read his comic all the time. Right. Um, And there aren't that many superhero films that are that good. Even the Batman versus Superman. Aquaman was okay, but they just never get under the... For me, Aquaman, I just never got away from the fact that it was people (laughs) fighting underwater. It was like, oh... You know, I didn't mind that. What bothered me was it was people in front of a green screen supposed to be underwater. And it just always <laughs> looked like I was like, oh, God, could y'all have done? Could you right. could you've muted the lighting a little bit? Because the further you go underwater, isn't it dark? And it's I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, yeah, you're right. You watch something, especially Ryan Reynolds. The more I see of this guy, the more I've got like a healthy man crush on just how incredibly naturally funny he is. Yeah. Um, how the camera loves him. He was on Colbert recently and they did a, a COVID interview where they were using like Skype or something. And he's just incredibly charming. And you look yeah. at how successful he is in Deadpool and his personality is yeah, spot perfect for that film. It's that exact personality that's wrong in this film. The tone is completely wrong. Yeah. You're, I'm sorry. We got into tonality talks, but you're absolutely right. So many of these things, if they don't, if they don't understand what who they've got and what they've got, then it just falls apart because this is a painful film to watch. Yes, in more in more ways than one. 
Yeah, butt clench, well, knife holding. Thank you for the uh, the update on the uh, number eighty two. Yep. Good lord, I was. Yeah, come on, sound bite. Here we go. Ready? Come on. Yay! One, two, three. All right. All right. So up next, uh, let's just kind of go around the horn and and talk a little bit about COVID nineteen. Obviously, um, I'm hoping you and your loved ones and everybody else are uh, safe during this this unprecedented right how many times have as have you heard that word over the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. um how is daily life at your domicile going during this thing you know daily life is bizarre because um I, I was telling jeff before we got here we were you know as friends checking in on each other and working for an online company my life is a bit of a living hell because if there's one place people are turning to it is the internet and tv and whatnot and right so my work days had been about 16 hours a day it's down to 12 to 14 i sit in a room all day by myself and it's almost to the point that someone will say hey well this friday and i'm like oh, what what day is it now right. i don't even know anymore right. what's going on <laughs> um my daughter's here with me all day and and i say that because my wife it, has even said you two need to quit fighting with each other i'm like we're not fighting she's like no you two are sick of each other and you don't even realize (laughs) well the funny thing is is that i sit in this room she sits out there and does it her homework and i see her maybe during the day three four times but it's something about the fact that we're locked in this house together that is making it to where when we see each other it's kind of and for my wife she's still (laughs) because she's an hr director for a big doctor's office she's still going into the office Mm. and you know, as everybody else trying to make the dollar stretch, they've reduced salary some, but you know, we're yeah. fine with that. But the thing that I told her that I'm envious of, and and you, during these times, you almost don't realize how much these little innocuous things mean to you, but that 20 to 30 minutes that you drive in your car to work, yeah. Yeah. I miss it. I miss sitting in my car, listening to an audio book, a podcast, something that's about me. Right. And I don't have that. So things here are good. You know, we're, we're pushing by, we're feeling the constraints like anybody else, but yeah. it's, it's the thing that I want to push everybody that it's okay. You know, if you're working from home to put the laptop down for yeah. 30 minutes yeah, and, and go sit by yourself and just let your thoughts be there. Yeah. Uh, it's something I need to be better at. How are things for you, my friend? Well, um, first I want to thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, it, it is, and, and relationships are, family dynamics are tested during this. It's, it's really interesting. Um, you know, I've been working from home for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. So the working aspect for me was not that much different. It's just that I did have a couple hours in a day where it was just me and me and the dog or, or whatever, you know? Right. Um, but I think we're doing well. Um, we're all getting a little crazy um, no, I'm not going to post anything on social media, but one of the first things I did was shave my head. Um, for those of you that you know me, uh, might be kind of an interesting thing, but yeah, we, uh, and we made the bad decision to do it with some, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with some beard trimmers versus actual hair clippers. So I, I it was an absolutely horrendous haircut. Uh, that's did, growing did it out. hurt at all? No, it didn't hurt. It just, well, not unless I looked at it. Then it, then that hurt. <laughs> I didn't know if maybe it, uh, it, if it pulled your hair, cause those things sometimes with the volume, like, it, yeah, no, it didn't do that. It just was, you know, but, but I did it because my hair was getting so long that I was beginning to sort of like a troll doll and I'd figured, you know, if there's any time to do it now would be the time. 
Uh, but but the biggest news is a couple weeks back, uh, I think uh, it would be exactly two weeks ago. No, it would be a week ago. Wow. Um, the company I work for, which is very dependent on um, conventions, trade shows, public gatherings, basically, make up all of the income uh, for the business, uh, decided to, uh, and I think rightfully so, um, to uh, furlough. I probably about... 90% of us, I'm guessing, uh, in a company that's very, very large. So um, so, so I learned what furloughed was, right? Because immediately you hear that. Just like when you find a mole or a rash on your body, you jump on the internet. <laughs> and uh, furloughed is basically um, where your, your company just isn't going to pay you anymore. You keep your seniority, you keep your title, you keep your position with the company. They just don't have work for you and therefore can't pay you. Um, I learned that I am available for some um, unemployment benefits that will help keep the lights on. Um, and and Todd knows, and I don't I don't mind sharing with the kind listener. You know, I've been uh, laid off before due to economic downturn. And I'll tell you, it's a weird thing when you're laid off. It's an immediate sense of panic, and you start googling stuff, and the first thing they say is take a couple days off. You know, take a deep breath. Everything will be fine. You know, you usually get a little bit of severance, and then you've got your unemployment that'll come in and help keep the lights on. With furlough, it, it's disappointment, right? It's uh, obviously it's a change, so there's some stress with that. But really, it's been a much different experience, at least for now, knowing that my job may be waiting for me at the end of this. We none of us know really what's going to happen, but. Um, so it's really just kind of come, to, come down to filling the days and, um, you know, watching stuff, but really it's this it, to not have work and it, and, and just so the kind listener knows, technically I can't do any work. Like if I, if they call me and they say, Hey, X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. And I answer, they actually have to pay me for that day of work. Right. So the biggest thing for me that's been hard is I, because I work remotely, all of my contact with people are over this type of medium like Todd and I are using for the show, and that's all gone away. And so I haven't heard from anybody, and that's the amazing part. So I think everybody just like immediately just shuts down. So of course I have my uh, better half and, and Max and Luke running around and Pud's doing his thing as a dog. and. Um, but for me, the, one of the biggest things is just not having that work connection, being able to talk shows and, and, you know, our industry news and everything else, but we're doing good. Um, and we're staying safe and we're doing the social distancing and trying to limit, this is a recommendation from Jeff to the kind listener, try and limit the number, the amount of hours we spent watching the news. Obviously you want to stay informed. Obviously, you want to know what's going on, but for a while, for a couple of days there, we had it on all day, and I think it 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 grew on me at least a little bit as far as just constantly hearing uh, the bad news. So then we switched over and started watching Friends and some other stuff and kind of giggling and laughing. I think that's the biggest and the most important thing to do during this is to uh, maintain some humor and uh, laughter. But we're doing well. Thank you for asking, and we'll just continue to ride this thing out. You know. It's another, it's another moment in life. And, and even as an adult, uh, it seems very, um, surreal, but even for the, 
the kids, um, I, I, you know, we've talked to them about what's going on and everything, but, uh, I think they're handling it the best way they can. And that's just kind of to keep their regular schedule as much as possible. So, um, that's kind of the update from here. (laughs) I think that's very sage advice to, we, we all need to know the news. We need to stay informed, but it's very easy to allow yourself to find the despair yeah. to be afraid. And <clears throat> well, you know, I tell Abby all the time, fear, in my opinion, comes from not being informed. So you need to stay informed. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, don't do it to the point that you're not getting anything else. And it goes to the idea again of put your laptop down, find yeah. times for yourself. I, I recently, as an aside, not something I'd usually talk about, but we had wanted to build a fire pit out back. And so I'd already ordered the parts for it, mm. some nice chairs around it. And we, we built it and that's been our family time. And ah. it's funny how getting outside, making a fire and sure, you can hear the sounds of the highway, you know, a couple miles away coming if the wind shifts, but at the same time, it's, it's calming and it's, it's yeah. nice when you're just talking to each other. Yeah. That it is, and and again, I'm sure the kind listeners heard this on all the channels, and we'll, we'll move on here. But basically, that's the thing I keep hearing uh, is that there's going to be plenty of good that comes out of this, um, or, or or I shouldn't say plenty of good. There's plenty of things that are going to change how I think society interacts and what we take for granted and what we look at coming out of this that will be it. And, and I'm glad that you have that family time. Um, our kitchen is under construction because, you know, there's no better time to remodel than during a pandemic. Uh, but you know, we, we manage and, and, and Catherine's done a great job of, you know, rearranging and, and kind of getting things set up so we can, you know, cook and eat and everything. But, uh, uh, yeah. So it's difficult. We don't have a table to get around. So now we're having to, you know, ask everybody to come in the living room and at least join us for a meal there. So, um, We'll continue to keep you guys updated as far as how we're doing, and we hope that your loved ones are doing well. And I do want to send a real quick shout-out to Adobe, which I know isn't always uh, everybody's favorite company. But um, obviously when you get furloughed and you realize your income's about to change, uh, I started canceling all my unneeded subscriptions. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. you got to tighten the belt. So one of the things I use to record the show is Adobe Audition, and it's $20 a month. It's not a lot, but it's $20 a month, and I went on to cancel that, and I was going to use something else to record the show, and Adobe uh, you know, basically said, here, here's 60 days for free. We understand everybody's you know, going through a tough awesome. time right now. So thank you to Adobe. It's allowing me to keep using the software and, and uh, keep things rolling. Actually, uh, as we get into um, later parts of the show, we can talk about it more. But there's a lot of services and a lot of companies that are really doing things to try and help everybody out during this time. I'm glad you said that because, you know, that I was about to say there's look, this is unprecedented in what we're going through. We all know that if you're faced with something where because of being furloughed, because of whatever that you can't make a payment, you know, it, and I say this, I know so many people would realize it, but I think there's some that still may not. Call that financial institution. Tell yeah. them what's going on. Here's think of the the simple nature of this. They can't. If it's your house, they really don't want to take your house. No, 
they don't make any money on that but a lot of banks are allowing you to defer payments until you know at the end of your mortgage so that it's like okay we understand just keep us abreast if next week next month changes yeah and make those phone calls people don't don't let this just eat you alive um it, it can hopefully be managed this is going to be hard getting out of it but jeff that's that's i'm glad you brought that up yeah and and you you reminded me too um it's almost like when you call and make a hotel reservation back in the day when you used to call uh, when i was a reservation agent mm-hmm. um if you called me and said hey i need a room at this hotel i would give you rack rate or whatever the the highest rate was but the moment you said hey i need to do you have any specials do you have any this can you tell me what your lowest rate is then i was permitted to go in and start really looking at some pricing so what i've heard about this is if you when you call your financial institution when you contact your cable company when you call your phone uh mobile phone service like i did with verizon and i say hey COVID 19 we're taking, you know, a work loss. My finances are getting changed. What can you do for me? That's their key phrase to say, okay, well then here's what we can do for you. Right. So make sure when you call those type of services, you mention COVID-19 and that's the that's the buzzword that gets the door open for you. And don't be afraid to make those calls. Yeah. You know, what's the worst anyone can tell you? I'm sorry, we can't do anything for you. Okay, right. well, what's the best they can tell you? Then they do exactly what Jeff's saying. So make the phone calls. Don't do this on your own. Yeah. That is our other kind of radio advice for the day. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's see if Jeff can find the right button. Yes, let's fire up that projector. It's time for Todd's take on Todd. What's your take on this week? So I, I titled it "ISO Lounging," and that comes from probably my favorite married duo of musicians uh, begins with one of my man crushes, Jason Isbell. If you've never heard Jason Isbell out of Mobile, Alabama, God, I can't talk. Um, Yeah. Thank you. If you saw the film, a star is born and you heard Bradley Cooper doing it's time to let the old ways die. Well, that's a Jason Isbell song. Jason Isbell is a fantastic songwriter, great lyricist. And his wife, Amanda Shires is hosting a daily video I don't know. You don't call it a podcast. I think Jason's made fun of her. He's like, is this a podcast? And she's like, no, it's video, but can't you do a podcast with video? You know, that goes on. But what they do is every day out of there, they have a barn and two of their friends, one of them being a musician that I think has played in Amanda's band. She, Amanda being a, a great fiddle player, great singer songwriter of her own right. They go to their barn every day and they do a thing called ISO lounging where they are playing. They talk, they take questions from fans and they play music. And it is probably one of my great daily releases right now when I know it's out. These are two of my favorite people. I can watch them just playing songs. I'm still trying to get Jason to play a Springsteen tune because I know he's a fan too. <laughs> but if you have you know musicians out there like that that you like, I guarantee you can find them. There's another guy I like named BJ Barham who is doing the same thing. He is just playing from his house. Yeah. Entertain. So many of the musicians out there are realizing, hey, I can't get to my fans. I'm right. going to let them find me. These are daily shows. And it's one of those things you don't have to watch movies. You don't have to watch TV shows because occasionally to me that gets a little boring. And yeah. so I found these. They're fantastic. It can be ways that you find new artists as well. So go out there. And I, I literally, as in the prep for this, searched and said something 
musicians doing daily streaming shows and sure enough billboard came right up and i am not kidding you jeff i I wish i could kind of read through this but it is a list of everyone scheduled to do it anywhere from harry styles is going to do it miley cyrus nice down to artists that you've really not heard of they're doing it daily elton john has done some stuff so there are big acts there are, are small acts it's a fun thing right now to to pass the time you know, I'm lucky in that Jason Isbell is a very funny guy too. And so you, you go, you laugh, you, you, yeah. you feel closer to these people. And that's the weird thing. They are on a stage. They're sitting in a barn that is decorated, obviously, because they're artistic people. But at the same time, they feel like your friends all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's really created this weird, interesting dynamic that's stripping away the idea of the stage being the barrier. Now I'm just with them. So I just, I, I, I urge everyone, go look for your favorite acts. Look into this. It's a lot of fun. You know, you'd actually be pretty proud. You might even give uh, give me a gold star. Um, Is that what, a big ding or a that's, ding? Uh, it's, a, it's a ding. Um, Catherine and I found some people that were playing at the Grand Old Opry. Really? Yeah. So they had them socially distanced. They were three to a stage. You're going to mm-hmm. kill me because I don't know who was on there. Um, but... Uh, but yeah. they were playing instruments. They were playing. They were playing instruments, and they were singing into a microphone, and and um, you know, we were having the discussion whether it was live or not, or or what it was, and and you know, of course, I uh, started looking around. And there was no audience. There was a cat that they kept cutting to. Which why 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 do you feel like you need a, a host? Uh, I'm a host of a, of a podcast, so I'm, I'm right. almost dipping my foot in 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 the in the same dirt, but. The only I only bring that up because the only part that was awkward is when they would throw it back to this guy who was standing in the in in the yeah. in the near the seats and just would basically bring nothing to the table. And I don't mean that personally. I just was thinking, just have the musicians talk, you know. Right, anyway, right. but there were three of them on there. And they were playing. And it was really neat. And I'm gonna. I promise you, I will come back for the next episode and and give you an update on what I've watched because I think music is the same way. And you hit a brilliant note in there that I don't want to cover up, which is, yeah. Even if it's The Sopranos, even if it's The Wire, even if it is Game of Thrones or the new season of Westworld, shows do get old. And and I've noticed that the palette becomes very, very bland. And it's, you know, I'm like, I need something else. And music's a great way to do it. It's it's a brilliant point. You know, it it can be fun, too, because the guy I mentioned, B.J. Barham, of a, you know, well known to people that that kind of listen to fringe alt country rocky americana stuff heads a band called american aquarium well just a week ago he decided to cover i saw a tiger from our featured uh show today mm-hmm. he, he had watched tiger king and decided to do a cover of a joe exotic song mm. and you know it's oh. you, you get these people and they're having fun with it and yeah. not yeah. taking themselves seriously and the other day with amanda shires and uh jason isbel they covered a billy eilish song so nice. it was just it's kind of fun you're and and to your point, you you get those moments that are just people. Right. It's almost like you're at a party with somebody picking up their guitar. Yep. I kind of dig that. It's just fun. It is. It is. And I'll do, I'll do more of it. I'll try and get uh, the rest of the uh, occupants within the confines to do that as well because I think that is that is great. And what I really like is that a lot of the stuff now that's really genuine is super unproduced, and I think yeah. that's going to be one of the resounding elements resounding one of the one of the things that's going to come into play after this is all done is that the 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 
non-production, just like this show, <laughs> the non-production <laughs> is, is, is attractive. And I think there's an audience out there for that because that's what we need. All right, let's move on now. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for all of that. Oh, I got to uh, put the projector away. All right, now it's time for Jeff's Judgment, which still doesn't have a song. It's time for Jeff's Judgment. I take that as a challenge. I'm going to write you Ooh. a song. Just, but only one note. No, I'm actually oh. thinking of taking the the uh, song I sang just a moment ago from Stars Born. It's time of a, to, it's time to let Jeff have his judgment. Right. Time to let Jeff have his judgment. Some folks just believe in the things they've heard and the things they said. It's time for us to let Jeff have his judgment. That's right. I like that. Where's my ding? There we go. Um, so Jeff's judgment this week is going to be pretty short, and it's actually going to be a little self-serving. But um, Todd and I were talking during the pre-pro, and one of the things I'm getting to do with this turn of events, I've always wanted to, and I don't know what will come out of it, but I have started streaming live on Twitch. I talked to a number of people that uh, stream on there. Uh, for a long time, I wanted to stream as the other kind of radio, and I was told repeatedly that that was a little confusing. So Hectos is my gamer tag, excuse me, on Xbox. So I've set up a channel. I will be streaming at 1 o'clock Central today for about four hours, and we're going to start out with uh, uh, an oldie but a goldie. We're going to play the Oregon Trail. Do you remember that that game? That sounds familiar. Why do I know that? It was an old, it's an old game that's basically, uh, it's an 8-bit game, but it's the one that had the famous line, you've died of dysentery. Okay. Where basically you take uh, your wagon, you load up supplies, and then you have to make decisions and see if you can make it all the way to Oregon. So 1, one o'clock Central, I'll be playing that. Um, feel free to check it out, and then I'll just kind of... Uh, set up a uh, streaming schedule that I'll post on there if you want to check it out. You can go to twitch.tv forward slash Hectos. That's twitch.tv forward slash Hectos. Hectos is spelled H-E-C-T-O-S. And um, we'll incorporate, I know we've talked about doing the show either on Mixer or Twitch, but we'll incorporate it somehow. And uh, I promise Todd and I will put our ugly faces on, or I'll put my ugly face on Twitch uh, at some point and we'll stream live. So that's Jeff's judgment. Check us out. Todd is doing okay. Um, yes, I got my attention. Um, it's all right. We record live and we don't, uh, we really don't edit. So we're all good there. So that's Jeff's judgment. I, 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 I was just letting my wife know she came in to say good morning. I'm recording with you again. I could hear the really big dog going. <laughs> and I thought any second it was going to go. <laughs> that's all right. We're, we're, we we're, do record live. We're fur friendly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so because now that I'm furloughed. Okay. Anyway, uh, so that's Jeff's judgment. Uh, check us, check me out, check us out in the future on twitch.tv. All right. Uh, before we get to center stage, I do want to mention a couple things. I sent one of the things that I uh, saw, I t texted to Todd. And just want to give the kind listener a quick rundown. You can do a Google search, of course. But there are a number of services that are trying to help people pass the time during this uh, uh, time of isolation and uh, social distancing. One, I see there's uh, there's there's Pud Pud barking. Um, 
so one of the things I saw that I sent you is it looks like AFI and Steven Spielberg are teaming up to do kind of some watch parties. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting idea that they've decided to start featuring some of the the most quote unquote important films, the American films that have made a difference. And the first was a Wizard of Oz which Spielberg has famously said time and again was one of the ones that really opened his imagination and they're going to continue to do this. Um, there have been a number of film institutions that have been trying to push things like that. In fact, the other day I saw somebody pushing Jaws. and Nice. There, It's a fun thing that you can do. There's a social element to it where you can chime in. I, I, I'm going to be stoic film guy and say what I really don't want to do is watch jaws with somebody who's like the, the shark looks fake <laughs> but i think it's a pretty cool idea that they're really trying to say hey let's dive back into this catalog and entertain ourselves it goes back to that idea of there are fun ways to make this work yeah yeah and and yeah hopefully they'll have something where you can either just watch it and then you know anybody that's being toxic you can just mute or not be able to uh have it run. Where's Jeff's mute mode? Right. Being toxic. Oh, there it is. Go ahead, Jeff. Right, exactly. I <laughs> um, also want to mention that HBO, uh, if you go to HBO Go and at least sign up um, without, I think, entering any pay information, they are streaming uh, a limited number of their shows. It's mm. kind of an interesting choice. They're, they're streaming Sopranos, The Wire, a lot of the classics uh, as far as really good television shows, not included are the current uh, game of, or the Game of Thrones and and Westworld. So they are drawing the line somewhat, but Okay, hang on HBO. Seriously? <laughs> okay, I could get it that you don't want to give up Westworld because it's a current hot show and I know that Game of Thrones is a big ratings thing for you, but you really want to come off good? <laughs> give Game of Thrones give Game of Thrones away cuz how many people have never seen it, heard yeah. all the shit about yeah. it, pardon my language, and want to watch it. But yeah. I want to throw one in there too for those of you like me who like musicals. Um Broadway HD, which has a fairly good, and I wouldn't say they have a deep catalog, but it has a fairly good listing of classic plays and musicals and performances. If you go sign up and you do have to put your credit card information in, but you get a week for free nice, and you can shut it down and you can watch all you want. And they said that they expect that to be the case, that they lose a lot of people, but at the same time, they're probably going to keep some people. Yeah. I've, I've done it. I'm going to watch a few musicals I've never seen before. Uh, Sling also it has a 14-day trial uh, if you go on there. And Sling is an app that uh, basically gets you local channels and then uh, I guess the basic package that you can get two weeks for free has CNN and, and everything else on it. So um, kudos to those companies. I understand that HBO's is a, is a little twisted, but you know at least they're doing something. And uh, if it's something that we missed... Uh, or something, somebody else that's doing something really nice, feel free to go ahead and just uh, tweet at us and uh, um, you know we'll try and make mention. But at least these companies are starting to see, because I'll tell you right now, you know this is the time where you win customers. If you do cool stuff like that, like Todd just said, there'll be some that'll stay, but then there are also going to be um, you know some people that cancel out, but people are looking for that, like what Adobe did for us Right. Uh, and it's doing for their customers to me is, you know, bumped up their rating in my book because they're they're understanding that a lot of people are trying to cut back. So uh, just a few. When you're when you're finding things difficult to watch, like Green Lantern, it's <laughs> nice to know somebody out there is giving you good content. for relatively it's, it's, it makes you, Yeah. So all the kind listeners go out and watch Green Lantern. Lantern. God, this movie is so bad. And then and then 
and then watch something else and you'll be, you know, you'll be I thankful. gotta say this, Jeff, this is by the guy that directed Casino Royale, the one with Daniel Craig. That's a really pretty good movie. He did the mask of Zorro, which is a pretty good movie. He's not a shitty director. God, I keep using that word. I'm sorry. This <laughs> it's is all right. working blue day, but it's, it's all right. It's not a problem. Yeah, this movie's bad. I was just, as you were talking, I'm like, God, I'm not even listening. It's bad. Okay. I'm done. Let's go on, please. That's awesome. All right. So what's kind of the talk of the town right now. And uh, since Netflix is listing their top shows, I'll be happy to go to netflix.com real quick here. I think I cleared my, yep, I cleared my cache the other day, so I need to go in and log in real quick. Username is username and password is password. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see, I'm just, what I'm doing, kind of listeners, I'm looking up to, if you go on Netflix now, somewhere, which obviously, okay, so uh, they have the top 100 in the US, US today. Have you seen this, Todd? I have not. This so, is on their their page. Yeah. So, like, coming at number ten is Unorthodox, uh, the Players Club, and eight, the Roommate, seven, Nailed It, which is kind of a fun baking show. Have you ever watched Nailed It? I have. Yeah. Um, the, it's fun, but the woman that hosts it? it occasionally, I want to punch her. <laughs> it's a little much after a while, but it is funny. We don't condone violence. Uh, I think you're making in the in the. Uh, uh, not physical sense, but yes, she is uh, uh, hard to bear at times. But basically, it's people that try and copy like these fancy cakes and stuff, and then they fail. Um, number six is how to fix a drug scandal. Uh, number five is all American, and then four is coffee and Kareem. Wow, how have I not heard of any of these? Money heist, I've heard of Ozark, which I know is real big right now. But number one, and and holding number one for a while now, is the uh, Netflix original Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. And this reminds me of a show, and I'll try and think think of it, but about a guy that goes to look for a bunch of money and cocaine that were buried in Florida. I can't remember the name of it. But basically, it's a documentary that just kind of, from it get-go, uh, just is all over the place. Yeah, it's it's one of those that um, when it was originally thrown to me, it was just before everything started being locked down significantly. Right. The, the last interaction I had, you know, I don't know how to say, it, but face to face with a friend was to share a beer as we sat about twelve feet away from each other on his back patio, and we're talking. He went, "Hey." You heard about this thing, Tiger King? <laughs> no. He's like, dude, I hear it's like the craziest thing ever. It's like, and I'm going, this is literally what my friend said, and it's how a lot of people describe it. It's a gay guy with a mullet living in Oklahoma who wears a gun strapped to his hip, raising tigers and wanting to kill a woman who does the same thing. And I was like, that sounds like six shows mashed into one. Wait, start over. And literally, if you go to the IMDb page, it tells you, Without all the gay mullet gun, but yeah. it's a rivalry between big cat eccentrics takes a dark turn when Joe Exotic, and yes, that's the man's name, a controversial animal park boss is caught in a murder for hire plot. It is, if you've not yet watched it, <laughs> and I know there are people out there that haven't, it, it even goes further that this guy 
there, there are people, you know, I, there are people that when you get them on the current camera, like I was talking about Ryan Reynolds, there are people that the camera just goes, wow, I got to watch that person. Cause they have so much personality, Joe exotic. And I don't know what his real name is. He did change that. Um, yeah. it's some, some like Polish American name. I don't recall what it was. Um, he's one of those people you can't look away from. Yeah. He is so gregarious and <laughs> full of narcissistic, narcissistic life that you just want to look at him. I mean, this guy also wants to be a country star and pre- yes. the show presents him as that's what I was saying earlier. The, the, one of my favorite artists covers one of the songs from it where he seemingly writes music and performs. Now, have you heard the truth about that? No, no. I, I was actually wanting to talk to you about that because it, it, it is just real quick. It's about seven episodes long. I think each episode's right around an hour. And first you're introduced to the whole world of these tiger farms. And basically what a tiger farm is, is, and the legality is questionable, but basically it's where people get a tour and the highlight of the whole tiger, whatever the zoo or whatever you want to call it, is getting to hang out with tiger, tiger cubs, these cute little cubs, and they put them down with people. And some people pay a lot of money, a lot of money to do it. So. First thing is you have the character, then you add that he has money and he's building this 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 uh, tiger refuge, if you will. Then it slowly moves in that there are other people doing the same thing around the country. Right. Then they introduce a woman that basically, so basically on these, these um, I'm trying to say, oh, animal park, these tiger parks, when the tigers get too big, they become unsafe. And so then there's some question as to what they do with the tigers that are mature. Well, then they introduce the character of this woman that's in Florida and she takes the older tigers and, and has an older tiger, uh, park that, you know, is kind of like the vegan safe, politically correct park where she's not harming them, but she's doing the exact same thing where she's charging people exorbitant amounts of money to come look at tigers that used to be in the tiger parks, but now is in the retirement home of tigers. I mean, and she she has creepy moments of talking about the tigers that have passed and it's a little, that's when you start realizing the hypocrisy of all these people. We, we meet other people. uh, I forget the guy's name. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can find it here on IMDB, but there's a guy that, um, Oh my God, I can't even say his antle is his last name, but he, he is this guy that has his own tiger park that he also happens to be a polygamist who has like (laughs) nine wives and he puts them all out there. And oh my God, I felt, I'm a guy that, Hey, I, nothing really offends me. But when I start seeing these women dressed up with their breasts pushed over, basically over their face and they're very highly sexualized. And it's like, you're going to a sex park to look at tigers and you start realizing all these people are a mess. Yeah. Every one of them. Then we find out this woman that you mentioned that has the older park sanctuary, apparently has a husband who is worth a lot of money Yep, who has vanished never to be found even his own family is you know is convinced that this woman had something to do with his demise right and it becomes these these levels of well he's you know joe exotic is just this trashy guy doing all this i'm sorry did you kill someone <laughs> and you just i every day i would go out and tell my wife i'm watching him yeah. like, you're not gonna believe it and she's like i cannot believe you're watching this garbage i'm like it's not garbage <laughs> 
It is the craziest reality show that I've ever seen in my life. It really is because you've got the different tiger farms. Then you know they slowly introduce and kudos to the to the, the team that shot and did this because um, they they tie it together. They tie together what seems untieable fairly well um, because as we're finally getting comfortable with the polygamy and the rivalry between the tiger parks, then we get a little twist, which is Rick Kirkham who uh, is this guy that did like, I guess he was a producer for like Cops and, and some mm-hmm. other shows. He was kind of a big time deal uh, when it came to um, producing television. Well, uh, Tiger King, what's his what's his name? Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic, because he's got this money and he's making off of baby tigers. He and builds a lot of money. It's a lot of money. He builds himself a studio because the way he's going to uh, carry on his rivalry with, and I'm trying to look up her name right now. Where's her name? Um, Carol Baskin, who's yeah. in Florida. The way he's going to attack her is he starts streaming his Joe King TV uh, on uh, the internet. So people can can watch him talk about it. And it's kind of funny to see the technology at the time because yeah. I and I both have that background, and we're, I'm like, oh, I remember, I remember when stuff looked like that. It's not the best uh-huh. quality compared to what you can do today. Um, so, this television producer gets hired to do the show, and with this television producer's experience, <laughs> he realizes he struck gold. So now right. he's filming the television show for Joe Exotic, but he also starts shooting his own documentary of which Joe Exotic is more than happy to participate in because the one thing all of these cat, these tiger um, park owners are, is very egocentric. They all love to be in front of the camera. So that starts to develop. And then we find out that (laughs) that Joe Exotic has two men that he's married to. And so... Even more so, things start to unravel and get crazy, along with the possible murder. And again, I want to leave some things to the kind listener, but this brings me back to what you originally said. I just wanted to kind of get through that. On top of all of this, Joe Exotic fancies himself as a legitimate uh, music musician, country, country music writer. And as soon as I saw the the shots of his videos that that they play in the documentary, I I immediately thought of you. Not because you're in country western, but I just want to know, as somebody that actually plays guitar and writes songs, is this guy legit? <laughs> so I'm watching those moments, and you know, my first thought was, this is this sounds so rude. I I don't give a crap if you get on stage and you sound like garbage. If you're expressing your art and that's what it is, go. I don't care. There I in fact go. sometimes I have said it famously. I love to go hear bands where they are a mess, but it's so honest and true. Yeah. So I'm hearing him. I went. Well, he actually sounds pretty good. I mean, oh. got a nice tone to his voice. Oh. I was like, wow. You know, the the lyrics are really cheesy. Like, let the tigers free. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's it's like, oh god, but. I kept thinking, oh, well, okay, not bad. And then it goes to a shot of one of his music videos and he's holding a guitar. And I went, I don't know that chord. <gasps> really? And then his fingers don't move when 
it's supposed to. And then he changes in the middle to something else. I was like, Oh boy, that's not a chord. Now you can, you can do Dolly Parton. One of the great country songwriters of all time does what's called open tuning, which is a very different way of playing. And it doesn't naturally look like what we Western tuned guitar playing looks like. Right. However, I kept thinking there's no chord. I know that looks like that. So I started going, Oh, and, and I wrote, I looked up Joe exotic music. And then if you were right now to put in, this is what I put in who wrote and sang Joe exotics music. The tracks were actually the work of songwriter Vince Johnson and singer Danny Clinton speaking to Vanity Fair. The duo explained that Joe convinced them to write the uh, bops if they got credited on his reality show. So he uh. sang nothing. He wrote nothing. He just would lip sync and make videos to them and position himself as that. So it was a Millie Vanilli kind of uh, scenario. Wow. So yet even more smoke and mirrors from people yeah. that are making a living with smoke and mirrors. Wow. I, you know, the thing about the show is that that's exactly it. It's constantly, and it's not just Joe. And to me, by yeah. the end of the, the show, I feel, and it's, you know, it's unfair. I feel pity for this man because yeah, he basically can't get out of his own way it's a constant i need to prove how smart i am i need to prove right. all i can do and you know if he had just left carol baskins alone and she does not seem to be a good person i don't care no. what she puts herself out to be <laughs> she is just as big a mess yeah but if joe could have just left her alone and, and you even get that kind of sentiment from a lot of people that he had a lot going he didn't need to do this yeah and it it is one of those that is it's a show that you get every bit of what you want from an over the top. Can people really live like this experience? But what's valuable is that I do think it has a message about how you don't need to keep going. You don't need more. You don't have to always prove you're the best. Be okay with who you are. I mean, this man had money. Yeah. This is awful. Really what you think about they're doing to these animals. Yes. But people apparently want this market. And no one, the government's not stepping in saying, oh, you're running a, an illegal right. zoo. It, it's a fascinating documentary. And I think that's why America's kind of latched onto it is there, there is a sensationalistic part of it, but then there's something else that I don't think we can get up enough of right now. Right. I, yeah, it definitely is an escape. Yeah. Once you get, once you get wrapped into that world, there is a, a, a couple points in time where, where, you know, everything else kind of melts away but at the same time, it's it's almost like eating an entire, uh, you know, ice cream bucket of Ben and Jerry's. It's like it's it's really good going down, but you know, <laughs> you know, in the end, um, that this isn't necessarily. And, and and it is amazing how much money that that these companies make. And we've left a few twists and turns for you there, but again, um. I, it's the first time I've seen some shows like this mentioned on major news networks where they're talking right. about, have you seen Tiger King? And uh, yeah. And, and the, the twist and turn, I agree. We've left some, but even if we told you every twist and turn, <laughs> even if we'd done that, we are still not doing justice to just how you'll be sitting there going, what? Yeah. 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 It's a crazy show. I think, I think Catherine lasted one episode and really yeah she was like i'm out <laughs> okay you please tell Catherine i said to go sit her very <laughs> sweet self back down and watch that because she needs to be com corrupted along with the rest of america yeah she i mean if you're gonna be that's the part of being part of uh pop culture it's not pretty 
and it's not always the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you got it. You got to watch the Green Lantern to appreciate yes. Jaws. You got to you got to watch Tiger King to appreciate The Sopranos or something like that. But um, uh, I'm sure there's some truth in that somewhere. Somewhere. We'll, 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 we'll leave it to the kind listener to try and find it this next week. But that's Netflix, Tiger King. Uh, check it out and enjoy it uh, while it's out there. I'm sure it's going to be around for a while. Um, so that takes us out of center stage and uh, we're on to closing remarks. Uh, we will we will try to get another episode out to you next week. Again, Todd's schedule is very, very, very uh, complex right now. So we're doing our best to try and get these turned out as quickly as possible. But um, thank you to Todd for joining us. Todd, do you have any final thoughts or anything for the kind listener this week? I'm just going to say what I said last time. Everybody stay safe, stay sane, treat the people you know with love and kindness and respect. If you see somebody out in the open, if you have to go to the grocery store, step out of the way, but wave yeah. at them at the same time and let people know that we're all in this together. And I was going to put this at the beginning of the show, but I think it should come from both of us. Um, I was going to do a separate record and put it at the beginning, but uh, I know Todd and I also want to express uh, our respect um, and our thankfulness for the people that are going to work. And one of them is the 17 year old in this household, he works at a grocery store. Everybody that's out there restocking shelves, everybody that's out there delivering packages, garbage men that are men and women that are, you know, keeping that portion going, uh, people working at power plants, the water, all the utilities that we need right now, you know, internet and all that stuff, uh, that are still going out there and risking, uh, possible, uh, infection we appreciate. And of course it goes without saying that law, law enforcement, uh, firefighters, uh, and, and, and especially all of the people working in hospitals right now, if, if you're not aware, just turn on CNN or your, your news and you'll see a story where there are people on the front lines really putting their risks, the risking their lives to, to provide care for people that are, uh, desperately in need. So, uh, and and if ahead. I can throw yeah, in one thing absolutely. and take it one step further, Jeff, I, in these times, if you've lost a job, if things are going like that, there is zero shame, zero in taking up these grocery stores and those places that are advertising saying we need help to keep this going. If you've lost your job, if you're furloughed, go take that job at, at, a, at a grocery store at wherever it is and help them take that money. If anything, Every other one of us will look at you with so much respect that you understood that right now these are weird times. Yeah. Step in and take that. This is not about that you had a big six-figure job. This is about addressing a need and taking care of your family. I I just I implore everybody out there, let go of those kind of ideas. I've heard people saying, wow, I appreciate the, Kro the Kroger's, our grocery store here yeah. is hiring at $15 an hour. I could never do that. Why? Yeah do it go out there and do it and with all the admiration in my heart for everybody stepping up and helping out yeah it, it i i pound my chest to you i i think that's very well said and and i really like touching on the idea of this is a time where really you know not feeling that this is anything or a result of anything that anybody's done as far as furloughed or losing their job it's an important thing Cause that's having gone through that. That's one of the phases that you go through where you feel, you know, pretty, you know, I allow myself to feel pretty down for a while when it happened because, you know, you, you think and equate so much of your day to day and what you do for your, your job or your money and what your title is and everything else. So 
excellently said. You know, everybody just remember, let's take deep breaths, let's be safe, and uh, stay sane. And and Todd and I will be back uh, hopefully next week with another episode of The Other Kind Radio. And uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, Take it easy. Have a good week. We are pushing the wrong cue. Good Lord. Very meaningful speech right here. There we go. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. Fumble of football. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Stay safe. We are The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. Radio. The Other Kind Radio.